Hey, and welcome back to another episode of the Who Dat Jedi podcast. And uh, as always, Dave and Fredo and I, my name is Aaron. We are broadcasting from all points around the New Orleans metropolitan area. So say hello, everybody. Hello, hello everybody. Ah, oh, Dave did it this week. All right. So uh, last week we had our uh, <laughs> we just we decided, hey, we're going to do a watch party of the Last Jedi, and that's when like all the Star Wars news decided to barf out all over the internet. You know, news and rumors. You know, uh, some things actually confirmed as much as I've been complaining the last however many months about come on, Lucasfilm, go on the record with something. They went on the record with some things. Um, and like I said, there's some interesting rumors and uh, other interesting happenings. So tonight is going to be all about the news. Um, but uh, before we do that, um, the, we, we have to rejoice. This is the Hoot at Jedi podcast. And so by proxy, I, by proxy, I suppose we are, you know, also the Pelicans are part of that. But basketball is officially going right now. Uh, my wife is watching the Pelicans as we speak, and she is so happy that there was live sports on. It's really weird, though. They've got this virtual crowd going on. It's like you're watching Mario basketball or something. <laughs> you know, it's like, oh. or, or Mike Tyson's punch out, you know, and the crowd just keeps making the same arm motions. <laughs> I, I will say, I don't know if you've seen any of the baseball that's been played over the last weekend. They've got, they've chosen to do cardboard cutouts which is kind of fun and you know funny particularly when a player home runs one off the face of a cutout but uh, fox was trying to do virtual crowds basically just borrowing the uh crowds from madden and digitally superimposing them over the empty seats and those look way worse than what you see like the nba's looks like actual human beings well they are actual human beings they're just well, yeah i don't know if they're just right, but, stream or recording or what but yeah. right but but that's what I mean. Like, at least with those, you're like, hey, you know, that looks good compared to baseball's digital crowd, which looks like, oh, my God, you didn't digitize the faces of any black person. You're like, uh-oh. Don't you think Don't you think they could have, like, hired ILM for some of this as well? It's like, you know, everything's kind of – all we're going to do is we'll just set up a camera shot so you can, you know, make us a crowd, you know? That would be, that'd be easy enough. They've had months to, to ask for it, but I, I guess they figured, oh, we can just borrow the video game technology and then realize that that only works when the environment, the players, <laughs> the field, it's all digital. The, You're trying to mix it live and digital and don't, don't quite work. The game engine technology. No, the Mandalorian can do it. We can do it in MLB. Here we go. So. Right. But uh, now they're actually pumping in crowd noise. It, I mean, it was quite enjoyable to watch the basketball game. It wasn't like you were watching, you know, a high school game, you know, where there's none of those sounds or anything. But uh, it was uh, it was pretty good. You know, and the NBA seems like they're figuring out how to do this. Um, you know, I think, you know, if the NFL is going to have even a remote – chance at playing anything it's going to be like the team's going to have to live in a hotel and not interact with any other living being you know well, did you see the news regarding the cowboys that apparently kind of leaked out this year they were given still telling season ticket owners that there was going to be any season ticket owner in the stadium for this year oh so, so they so they'd let the horse out of the barn already Sort of, kind of, but of course, immediately everybody came out and said, no, 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 it's the only rumor. 
it's kind of like Star Wars. Nothing's confirmed, but I guess they're trying to get people kind of ready. You know, if you get yeah. a personal seat license, that you may not be able to sit in that seat this year. This just proves that God's a Saints fan because even he doesn't want to see Jameis Winston in a Saints uniform. So, <laughs> all right, so I'll smite you with locusts and horn murder hornets and you know COVID and everything else. So, but anyway, no basketball is on. Basketball is back. So that's you know. Any anytime you get a little bit bit of normalcy, you know, all the better. Um, but anyway, any other news for the good of the order before we move on to trivia or anything? You guys, uh, by the way, my Nintendo Switch uh, hunt still goes on. Um, the Target app said that the Metairie Target had switches in stock, and so it was two days ago. And so when it was pouring down rain, and I went after work. And I was standing there in the electronics department with the app open that says that they're in stock. And she says, oh, Nintendo Switch. And I was like, yeah. And she said, yeah, no, we're out. I was like, but your app says, yeah, that thing's always two week, two days behind. <laughs> I'm like, what? What? Do you, no, I, it's like I've known people who work at Target. You guys are just holding them back there for your friends. That's what's going <laughs> on right now. And I'm wet, and now I'm mad. So I'll just keep looking. So anyway. No, no, no. Besides, I'll uh, try to think of anything else relevant that kind of happened in the last week. Not really. I mean, Saints right quick. They did sign all the rookies, so they're looking to start training camp. So that should be good. It's another sign, mile marker in the calendar year that we're progressing towards fall and hopefully the end of 2020. It's going to be one person's going to get it, and they're going to be like, oh, well, there's the season. <laughs> Depends uh, on who it is. So, uh, Dave, you guys celebrated a birthday. Yeah, yeah. My son, Nate, had a birthday recently, and uh, we uh, we did the cake and the presents and all that good stuff, but we were socially distant, so uh, we were responsible. He, uh, he got a, a Lego set. We were talking about how... Um, uh, May May the uh, May the 4th had the uh, Lego sales on the uh, Lego site, so I got to him something on that date, and uh, that seemed to be a big hit. And uh, I got him the um, N64 uh, Pod Racer game. Nice. Yeah, we found that on eBay, and uh, I, I got that for him, and he uh, he seems to like that too. So cool. Is he playing with uh, with Liv, with his sister? Yeah, a little bit. They've played a little bit. Um, yeah, they just started yesterday, though, so mm -hmm. I don't know they've gotten very far with it yet. By the way, you, you should mention that the cake that he requested, personal requested from your wife, uh, that she had to, you know, magically conjure up a Thanos cake. <laughs> Thanos, any, the including the Infinity Stones, so... Yeah. Uh, so, so just so just gumdrops for those. You know what? That but probably I don't, would I, don't, been... I, don't, I don't hear Thanos saying, "Not my gumdrop buttons." That would have been a way easier solution. No, what we did was we got like uh, Jolly Ranchers, and so then if you um, like submerge them in warm hot water, they get malleable, and then you can like form them into like a gem. At that point, wow. So, yeah, Kate really needs like a big Mother's Day present the next go around. There, <laughs> wow, that does yeah. that was going all out. 
Oh yeah, and she made him homemade pizza and and mac and cheese and everything else. Yeah, she she went all out for that guy. Well, cool, cool, cool. Yeah, it's always good to celebrate a little bit before we do anything. So, uh, but right now we're going to move on to our weekly trivia because we skipped trivia last week, um, so we could watch the Last Jedi. Um, and so here we go, um, Dave. I'll start with you. Shuffle the cards. All right, um, from the yellow category, whatever that is. Um, what character inspires Qui Gon to clarify that quote? The ability to speak does not make you intelligent, unquote. And I'll pause for our audience. And just and, chuckle in how easy this is. But I, Yeah, so that would be Jar Jar Binks. It is Jar Jar Binks. It is Jar Jar Binks. Um, all right. Fredo, to you. How does Luke address Darth Vader for the first time on Endor's Imperial landing platform? Okay, I'll give everybody a pause. And I'm going to say that he addresses him as father. Father it is, yes. Yes, yes, yes. Because that's when he goes, Vader goes, so you have accepted the truth. That's the first time we actually hear, I think, Anakin's name, right? Mm-hmm. Well, but, but yeah, because uh, no. ben I think Obi Wan, yeah, yeah. Obi Wan's ghost says it earlier in the movie, yeah. right? But it's yeah. Return of the Jedi, I think it's. It is the first time. We, now, the interesting thing is, if you go back, the very first script had Anakin in uh, in it, but it you know so George saved that name for this, but he changes it to Anakin. Just changes. All right, so I'm gonna st we're sticking with the yellow category again, whatever it is. But uh, who assures Darth Vader that the Rebel Shield on Hoth will be down in moments? <laughs> we'll pause and we'll remind everybody that this person was in Indiana Jones and Last Crusade, which I just saw over the weekend. <laughs> and uh, this would be General Veers. You may start your landing. Yep. Exactly. Or he was also Grandmaster Pycelle in Game of Thrones. Since you know, unpopular. This is you guys are probably going to throw things mm -hmm. at me virtually, but I don't think I've ever watched an entire episode of Game of Thrones. I could see that. It's it, what's interesting is I don't know what that means. I could see that. <laughs> what I mean, ah. what I, mean. I, think, I think I just got a backhanded compliment there, Dave. I don't know. What do you think? I think Fredo's like. <laughs> Yeah, Aaron, you're too dumb yeah. rock to understand no. Game of Thrones. No. <laughs> no, what I mean to say is that fantasy, you know, traditional sword and fans of sword and sandal, whatever fantasy uh, style uh, projects can be both attractive to some, but of putting to some. It's interesting. Be people who accept laser swords don't necessarily also gravitate to broadswords. Well, actually, the, the bigger part of it was that, you know, Brittany started watching Game of Thrones from the get-go, and she got a couple seasons, and then she was, like, done because she was just tired of some of the stuff. Um, yeah. But it's not a show that you can just start midway through even a season. You kind of have to start at the beginning to understand what the Hades is going on. So, yeah, uh, yeah all I know is I was sitting there going, Oh, that's the dude that plays Aquaman. Why is he talking like a Russian? This is weird, you know. So yeah. Anyway, 
So, all right. Well, there's our trivia for the for this evening. It was, was kind of easy all the way around, so we can all pat ourselves on the back. Um, but as we said, we, don't, we our our topic this week is not really. We don't have a topic of discussion except for all the junk that came out in news form or rumor form or whatever. So this is the Fredo show tonight, folks. Uh, you know, he's going to be our moderator. Um, but I think with uh, with each one of these, you know, we'll just uh, um, let let Fredo give just kind of the gist of what this is, and then we'll just go around the horn with our and just we'll just talk about each one as they go. Folks, we're going to tell you if it is, you know, this is actual confirmed stuff or if this is rumor. So don't think that all this is exactly what's going to happen. But I think we're going to start with the concrete stuff, right? Yeah, and then because there was like, I, when I ended up gathering all the various bits of news and whatnot that floated in the last couple of weeks, it ended up being something like over 15 little things. I was like, okay, so just to save myself some sanity, I broke it down into stuff that's more or less confirmed, stuff that's rumored, and stuff that uh, it you know kind of falls into the other category, Star Wars related or adjacent. So, so it's probably is probably all the junk that they were going to talk about at Comic Con. Exactly. So, uh, which actually I think happened what last week, the virtual comic, not Comic Con, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And you know, having I, you know, I worked for Google for a time, and I know that that you know things are not just hey, let's announce this next week. You know, those things are on calendars for a long time. And so they're always working towards a, you know, this is when we're going to, you know, release this information because this is what's going on. My bet is that, you know, with Comic-Con and with, and Star Wars Celebration was supposed to be coming up here soon. So all this junk was probably going to be talked about then. So anyway. Okay. So we'll start with the most recent one, which is the Emmy nominations. And Mandalorian breaks Disney Plus into the Emmys with 15 nominations, including for Best Drama. So just to <laughs> and, round and up. Lucy agrees. <laughs> yeah. So just to round up right quick, now you can score nominations for Best Drama, Outstanding Character Voiceover Performance for Taika Waititi, Production Design, Cinematography, Fantasy Style for Costumes, Single Camera Picture Editing, Prosthetic Makeup, Music, so uh, Ludwig Göransson got a nomination. Guest actor in a drama series for Giancarlo Esposito for his turn as Moff Gideon. Sound editing and comedy drama half-hour series. Outstanding special effects and stunt coordination. So, uh, all right. So let's 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 just go through and um, uh, just say yes or no. Do you think the Mandalorian should win this category? Not not will they, but should they? Okay, so let's just go. First of all, best drama. Mm, no, I'm gonna say no. Yes. Wait, just just cause. I I really enjoyed the show that much. Yeah. Um, you know, I I don't know. I I guess maybe it's just because uh, it it. It, it it didn't feel like it. I don't know. It didn't feel like it offered anything like new as far as a drama would you know offer. I think you know it met my expectations for the Star Wars you know stuff. Well, uh, and what I'll say is, normally with the with the Emmys, you always have to figure year a year or two 
you should work whenever you should get an Emmy. You gotta wait like a couple of years to actually get it. Because funnily enough, that's what happened to Game of Thrones. Game of Thrones is getting Emmys for seasons that their biggest fans were like, this was not a good season. You should have given it to them three years ago. But back then you had Breaking Bad and Mad Men winning for stuff that you know maybe they would have won a season or two before. Uh, just FYI, in terms of best drama, they're competing against Better Call Saul, The Crown, The Handmaid's Tale, Killing Eve, Ozark, Succession, and Stranger Things. So there's some favorites there. There's some yeah. big names there. So while I agree with Dave, I mean, I love the show. I don't think it's going to get ahead of all of them. All right. So I guess maybe we don't spend a gazillion minutes on each one of these, but I'll just go, let's just go real quick and just say yes or no and let people yell at us. Um, <laughs> I, you know, I made the mistake of going on a little bit long on that one. So how about, okay. So the Me next too. one, production design for narrative program, half hour. I say yes. 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 You're not going to, you're not going to be contrarian, Dave. <laughs> no. <laughs> Cinematography for a single camera, half hour. I think so. Yes. Uh, sure. Yes. Um, fantasy sci-fi costumes. Mm. Yeah. Yes. I, I, I'm I'm kind of namby pamby on this one because they just reused a lot of stuff from you know they went into the Star Wars attic and just you know brought out old yeah. stuff. So yeah, I'll say no. Um, that that being said, it's better than most fantasy sci-fi stuff I see. But anyway, all right, three single camera picture editing for a drama series. I'm gonna say I have no idea. <laughs> so I'll go with yes, just because we I mean, this is something we discussed. I mean, when we we're watching the series, uh, the number, the quality of the show, and the way that it almost felt like a movie. It didn't feel like a TV show. So yes. All right. So prosthetic makeup. Um, yeah, just because the the boss guys look so good, Baby Yoda. Oh wait, no, yeah, that's prosthetic. I'm thinking about Quill in particular. Like, yeah, really cool. yeah. So I'll say yes. Uh, music composition. I'll say no, not because I don't think Ludwig couldn't win it. I'll say this: they're going to give it to something like The Crown or something else. That's why I think um, I would say yes, because he, he, and that's surprising for me to say yes on this one, but I, cause I think he, first of all, took us on a, a hard left from what star Wars music typically is. And the, I mean, the incorporation of electric guitars, the incorporation of, you know, wooden flutes, things like that. Um, and it, it sounds different than about any other series. So I'm, I'm going to say yes, just from how original it was. You've convinced me, yes. Um, guest actor in a drama series for uh, Giancar Giancarlo Esposito. Ah, I'm going to say it right. I don't, I don't think you can be in an episode for, you know, 20 minutes and get an Emmy. Sorry. He's got, he's got to do more. I'm going to say yes, just because... He is, I mean, he, he's already like a TV darling. He's already been, like, he's had iconic TV roles all over the place. So giving him an Emmy is like, okay, here you go. Well, we know you're to Ver, if you're going to give it to anybody in this series, give it to Werner Herzog. Well, but that's just it. Werner Herzog was nominated. Well, I'm just saying, why did they nominate it? Anyway, okay, so we can go. Uh, Dave, what do you think? Yes or no? Uh, no. Um, 
Two sound editing in a comedy drama half hour series. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna go with this one. Yeah. 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 I mean, this is a show where sound is as important as uh, visual. So yes. I'll say no, just because of the costuming thing. Or I don't know that they broke a lot of new ground. Well, where they did break new ground, outstanding special visual effects. Yes, uh, this has just got to be. If they don't, this there's, they made somebody mad. It's yeah. easiest. Yeah, it's easiest one to give it to them. It's yes. And uh, oh, we I skipped over. I'm sorry, I skipped over uh, Taika Waititi's uh, voiceover, didn't I? Yes, you did. Right. So I, um, I think yeah, I I really like what he did with IG Eleven. I think so. I'll go with yes. Yeah, I'll agree with it. And finally, stunt coordination for a drama series, limited uh, series or movie. Yeah, I'll go with yes. Yeah, he was the Mandalorian was kicked around quite a bit. There's uh, and knowing what they had to do with stunt doubles and things like that, I think yeah, I would say yes. Yeah, yeah, I'd say so too. It was. Um, I wouldn't say I saw anything groundbreaking, but I don't think a lot of other series have as much to do as they had to do. So, but that, you know, it's huge to get all those Emmy, nom Emmy nods. Uh, yeah. You're talking uh, Disney Plus got 19 nominations in total, 15 of them from The Mandalorian, which is amazing. Because remember, this show debuted back in October, launching the, the, the service. And they did also get a nomination for Star Wars Resistance for outstanding children's programming so you know where i want though star wars at some point i want star wars at some point to get an award for like writing and acting and not not just sound and visual effects and costuming i mean we know that that's what they do well um but i'm just like at some point what's going to get them you know into that category but you know, the, it's a really good question because Lord of the Rings is fantasy um, and it didn't get shunned in the same way that Star Wars has traditionally been shunned in the major categories. Um, and Mark Hamill, we talked about last week, we talked about Mark Hamill's performance in The Last Jedi. I thought he did such an incredible job in that movie. Um, I would have I had no objection for, for him winning for that role, but he wasn't even nominated. And what's interesting is we're going to get a Lord of the Rings show from Amazon sometime next year or the year after. So there's going to be more competition for these Emmy nominations from uh, traditional geek properties. You know, it's interesting to think that everything that was in the movie theater is not going to move to your screen and your streaming service. But speaking of movies, let me move to the next concrete bit of news, which was that, and actually this dropped, I want to say last Thursday, it was confirmed that Disney has pushed all of its movies a full year ahead given the pandemic, including, and we got confirmation, no, Star Wars. I'm, sorry, I'm sorry, a full year back, right? No, we pushed, no, it got pushed forward. So in other words, I'm sorry, back. So in other words, yeah. instead of coming out in 2022, 2024, 2026, now all these movies are pushed back to 2023, 25 and 27. And actually, if you want to get the actual dates, by the way, we have no confirmation what movies these are, who's making them, or in what way, if any, they're tied together. I mean, we're presuming they're a trilogy, but it could be any number of things. 
but December 22nd, 2023, December 19, 2025, and December 17, 2027 is supposedly when the Star Wars movie is supposed to come out. And from uh, the story in Vanity Fair, they're trying to lock in. Basically, Disney's trying to own Christmas. They have four upcoming sequels to Avatar that are, that are being made by James Cameron. So their plan is basically 2022, they get an Avatar sequel, 2023 Star Wars, 2024 an Avatar sequel, 2025 Star Wars, and so forth through 2028. So when you think yeah. about how long it takes to make a movie, I mean, these guys look way ahead. They're trying to own that Christmas break slot, and mm -hmm. um, I can't really blame them for that. I know that Aquaman is still kind of the Aquaman sequels out there as being potential competition for them uh, in that time frame. But, um, you know, given how good it's been to Star Wars with the sequels and uh, Rogue One, I, you know, it, it makes sense for them to want to continue to own December. Well, let's let's also talk about the the money grab that is, you know, uh, Christmas toys. You know, um, because if you got a movie coming out in December, you release those toys in October, and you know the kids get excited, and then you're selling Lego sets and you know action figures and you know Baby Yoda, baby right? you know, so Baby Yoda boppets. Yeah, Baby Yoda boppets. Yeah, uh, so you know, I, I mean, however, I'm not going to allow anybody. Well, of course, now it's getting towards that because there are going to be more movies. Um, you know, being released in Christmas time, but I just want to remind everybody that Star Wars was always in May, so Memorial, Day, Memorial yeah. Day thing. So don't try to tell me that it's always been a Christmas movie. Um, it's it's not, but now you know, it's, I, it's getting that way though. But it makes, <laughs> it makes it makes sense from the marketing standpoint, and yeah, I mean, it's like every school on the planet is out for you know a couple weeks. It just and Memorial Day, you get a day off, maybe. You know, so I was going to say that I really like that the Mandalorian and all of these television properties that they've got in the works have the potential to breathe a little bit more as a result of this. I mean, like we're really focused in on those properties right now as fans, and it gives us an opportunity to just kind of like bask in that. Um, and then when the movies come around, I. I'm a little disappointed that they're two years apart, um, but I also understand from a business sense why they would do that. Um, when they were trying to do it every year, they, it, it, for a lot of reasons, people kind of rejected that. It's easy to burn out if you're getting something every year. It's easy to dismiss. Whereas if you're getting it every other year, there's room to breathe. Plus, I mean, you got to remember Disney being the multi-trillion dollar conglomerate that it is, not just looking at Star Wars. They're, they're looking at, okay, in summer we'll put out a Marvel movie, in Christmas time we'll put a Star Wars movie or an Avatar movie or something else. So they already know. I mean, from what uh, you know, all this is telling me is that they're planning what their uh, game plan is going to be once the pandemic, knock on wood, is under control. Yeah. They're going to come out with bam, 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 hitting you with all these properties. I want. I first want to say that I agree with both of you. You know about you know needing time to breathe, and you know you don't want to release. It was 
you know, there's the you could question whether or not they should have released Solo six months after they released Last Jedi. Can argue all that stuff. However, I'm just going to say that if if th those are people's arguments for not wanting to see another Star Wars movie, then I want to know: Do they go? Oh God, the Saints are playing again this year. <laughs> oh my God, football is on again this year. No, you know what I mean? It's like they, they don't get sick and tired of, you know, the, you know, oh God, we got to play the Buccaneers again. Well, they're, yeah, they're in your division and you do it. So, I mean, it's like, I, for me, it's like, give me a Star Wars movie every year and I'm fine. And if people are complaining about that, I don't understand, you know, as long as it's fun and it's good. Um, but all right, so that's just my rant for get off my lawn, old man thing. Um, but let's just a little speculation. What do you guys think? Where do you think this? Do you think it's going to be a trilogy? And who, which one do you think it's going to be? Because actually, uh, listening to the Star Wars Underworld podcast, they did point out that um, that's kind of the time frame of when the uh, Game of Thrones guys were supposed to do their Old Republic thing. So right. maybe somebody take over that project. Why would you chuck that project? You know, it's a good question. Could they say, could it be maybe, hey, Ryan Johnson, we really don't want to do this movie over here, but if you want to do this project over here, or maybe there was some overlap or something, I don't know. But we're going to get a trilogy of movies with Ray and Baby Yoda. <laughs> Just as Doom Guy, uh, and, Lord of the Internet, <laughs> and Jar Jar. And yeah. yeah, and they're retconning the sequel trilogy too. Yeah, I forgot that part. Um, yeah, no, I mean, who knows? The speculation is 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 fun. Um, we, we don't know what it'll look like, but I like your idea. Um, I'm still not re ready to throw Ryan Johnson's idea out without hearing it first. Yeah, I don't know what his idea was. We I'm still, just, we, I'm just, yeah, we still don't know what it was. I was, you just know? Trying, I was just trying to Reese's peanut butter cup this whole thing together, you know. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, you know, no, I'm, so I'm just going to quote Shmi Skywalker. What does your heart tell you? What, what do you think is coming next? I, I, I really do think it's an old Republic thing. I, especially if they're messing around with the high Republic junk. I think, uh, yeah, that's me. Uh, well, okay, I'll, I'll give you another uh, one more story and then we can get further into it. All right. Because the next right. story that was kind of confirmed was that Taika Waititi confirmed he has started writing his upcoming Star Wars movie. You know, Pat, he's is Pat Thor going to be in it? Well, <laughs> no, but uh, what's the name? Fat, Korg is. Fat Vader. Fat Korg. Vader. Korg is. Korg and Meek are going to be. No, so apparently, you know, he was asked whether or not he started working because he's supposed to be writing with Christy Wilson Cairns. He was asked about it. He says, he simply said this, quote, unquote, we're writing. So it doesn't mean that necessarily it's going to happen right now. But, uh, but he says, look, how am I supposed to answer that? Yes, it, you know, they're working on it. So, we were thinking here a trilogy, but could you not get the Taika Waititi movie and a Ryan Johnson movie that kickstarts a trilogy and then something else in those three uh, slots? It doesn't necessarily have to be all tethered together. I guess, and especially if they got, you know, Kevin Feige is still hanging around somebody's closet right now. I mean, he's still in Lucasfilm somehow with all this. So are they going to start? taking some of that Marvel, like, just because it's, you know, for, I mean, come on, for all intents and purposes, you know, Captain America Civil War was another Avengers movie. Mm -hmm. You know, yeah. I mean, so do you, and, and, and it's always like, you know, you're, uh, 
uh, yeah, you might in Spider-Man, then all of a sudden here comes, you know, Tony Stark. So could these, are they going to start borrowing from the Marvel model? Could very well. I mean, in some ways, that's what they wanted to do with the Star Wars story uh, line. They were hoping to have a sequel trilogy movie, a Star Wars story movie, another sequel trilogy movie, another Star Wars. That was their plan. Their plan was we put once a year, we put a Star Wars movie. And what ended up happening is that no, I think the Solo's poor box office returns kind of kiboshed that. So they went back to the drawing board. But I think in some ways, that's still their goal. Their goal is we're going to have multiple Star Wars projects out there. And depending on what's ready to go, we put this out and then we wait a while, then we put this out. So, so if, well, here's a, another question. If Solo hadn't been uh, a disaster, what would the third Star Wars story movie that would have come out this year, what would it have been? Uh, my gut, I was going to say Boba Fett because that was there was that rumor and yeah. almost more than a rumor of a Boba Fett movie, but I think that ended up becoming The Mandalorian. Or they had, they were going to do, but they realized they can't do a Boba Fett movie and The Mandalorian. Um, Will be uh, one? I, maybe. I, I kind of think that there would have been a, like a second solo sequel. But um, That's what's interesting. It's because you're right. I think, I mean, the projects like the Boba Fett movie, I think, did morph into the Mandalorian, and the Obi Wan movie, so to speak, became the Obi Wan miniseries that's going to come out for Disney Plus. So there were some of these ideas have been floating about, and they originally started as movies, but as Disney Plus started and proved a viable alternative, some of them moved over there. So I don't know. I mean, that's just it. It's you know, it doesn't. We're talking about movies coming out six or eight years from now. It, because it takes that long to plan them, produce them, write them, shoot them, special effects, the whole nine. You you don't just throw a Star Wars movie and say, hey, we're going to come out with one next year. I would so. think Taika is going to be first in line, though, to what, what, you're, what you're saying, Fredo. I mean, if he's writing it and there's an actual workable script on somebody's desk within the next couple of months, I think they'll, they'll green light that and that'll be the first one. Now, I do remember that he's also supposed to be directing the Thor 4, Thor Love and Thunder, which I Thor believe, Thor. yeah, Thor 4. <laughs> Say that three times fast. Thor 4. Uh, but uh, so it could very well uh, be that, you know, he's working on that. But, and that one's already got a date of February 2022nd to come out. So it could very well be that he finishes doing that and then goes right into producing or directing his uh, Star Wars movie. Come out in. So, so I will say this that anybody who is really excited about Taika Watiti doing a Star Wars movie um, then needs to write that down on a piece of paper and put it on the refrigerator. And then they can't complain in whatever year and it comes out and we get a, a star wars movie along the lines of thor ragnarok you know a little bit more irreverent a little bit more you know you know tongue-in-cheek type of stuff they they can't get all bent out of shape so you, you mean when we get bosk a star wars story well you know i mean because i mean yes. i i will say you know quite honestly that um I'm not over the moon. I'm not upset about it, but I'm not over the moon, be, you know, 
just because of what my personal expectations are for Star Wars. Um, and again, we've talked about checking expectations at the door and that's what I'm going to do. But I understand that, you know, with him heading up this movie, there's the potential of, you know, <laughs> you, you can just see the trailer. Hey kids, you think Ryan Johnson made you mad? Here's Taika Waititi. <laughs> you know, it's like, it, it, it's, you can just see that it's just going to, you know, the pitchforks and torches could come out because um, especially if he's given free reign to do, you know, what he does well, um, it's going to end up being a Star Wars movie that is unlike one we've ever seen. That doesn't mean it's going to be bad, but it has the potential. It's not going to be safe, I guess is what I'm going to say. What, and, what would you say if he were given the character Hondo and hmm. were given a Hondo movie? You know, something with that kind of irreverent tone. You just, you, just, you just lowered my level of concern. Quite honestly, Dave, <laughs> you did. And that's that's a very good point. You ha again, you have to find. It, it would have to be, and it, maybe that's, that's a good point because you know Ryan Johnson took you know Luke Skywalker and and messed with people's you know mental model of that character. But if you take somebody who's already kind of irreverent in the star Wars universe. Um, you know, heck maybe even, you know, Yoda's mischievous. Why not do a, you know, middle-aged Yoda, you know, movie, you know, Yoda's life on Dagobah or Yoda, Yoda as a Padawan, you know, and just, you know, yeah. it might be interesting. Again, it's the idea. It all depends on how it comes together. So, which, by the way, this, this picture of Taika Waititi cradling Baby Yoda is the most adorable <laughs> thing. So. He knows the power of. So, okay, so moving on to. No, no but I'm gonna, I want to pause just for a second. I'm sorry. Okay, no, there, there a, I mean, there was a book that I read, um, and a lot of people in education, educational leadership, have read it. It's called From Good to Great. It's about, written by Jim Collins, I believe, and. It, it was it was about what he, what he did was he went and he looked at successful companies and tried to figure out what made them successful. Um, he had no hypothesis to prove. He just let's take the top companies and let's figure out what they do to make them successful. Well, anyway, it turned into this book on leadership, and one of the chapters in there is about knowing where people sit on the bus. It's like it's basically saying identifying the people in your company, identifying their strengths and not just saying, I need Dave to do X, Y, or Z, but saying, I need Dave to do X, Y, or Z, but he's really good at A, B, and C. So I need to pitch my, this off to the side, and have him do A, B, and C. So it's understanding where everybody is going to do their best work. And hopefully that's what Lucasfilm will do with all of these, you know, new directors that we're going to be seeing is like, okay, these are your strengths. And yeah, I know you want to do the greatest Obi-Wan movie or whatever, but we're going to give you Bosk. <laughs> you know, and hear me out, you know, type of a deal because it plays. So hopefully they're going to, they're going to start doing that. So. Well, and again, like, I think what Dave kind of intonates with the idea of whether it's Bosk or Hondo, it's, and knowing what the strengths of their creative force is and pairing them up with something that matches to that. And uh, sometimes, look, sometimes directors, writers can surprise you. 
You don't know what you're going to get out of them when you challenge them to step outside the comfort zone. But sometimes, you know, okay, like, like if I'm hiring Quentin Tarantino to make a Star Wars movie, I'm going to be very leery about what I give him to do because he might give me a movie I'm not sure I want. So anyway, uh, but speaking of Obi-Wan and all that stuff, uh, there was a small update regarding the next couple of Disney Plus series. Uh, this one's coming from makingstarwars.net. Uh, they got an update from Pinewood Studios, which is where both shows are set to be uh, filmed. Uh, basically what, what the story goes is, uh, but they're officially going with is the, the, the there's a schedule set for the next two productions. There's a chance that there's going to be some overlap in the productions and they'll have both shows in production at the same time, which kind of makes sense given the how things have been pushed back to the pandemic. If what crew members are hearing ends up coming to fruition, you know, it's likely cheaper to use sim the same crew and keep both productions together at the studio. Uh, sources at Lucasfilm and Pinewood have heard that there's going to be some creative shifts coming in too. Uh, they're calling Tony Gilroy, the director of Cassian Andor. Uh, and then, uh, you know, he's also involved in writing the series. And uh, apparently what this is, this is a quote, it says, when asked about the potential overlap, they were told that the Rogue One prequel and the Kenobi sequel productions are set for Pinewood. And they think that the Kenobi series has some creative and sensitive differences still being worked out. So in other words, they know that they're going to go to production sometime pretty soon. They've already set time at Pinewood, which you have to you know, book your book your studio in order to make this stuff happen ahead of schedule. And they're gonna try to you know use as much of the similar crew in order to look lower cost and maybe limit impact of the pandemic. You could totally have Mon Mothma tell Cassie Nandor, you need to go find this Jedi. And you have an episode where it's like, hey, we, we need you to come into the fight back into the fight. And Obi-Wan says, nah, hit the road. You could have you could could totally have that. Because it's gonna be within the same time frame. Because mm -hmm. even even in Rogue One, she says your Jedi friend, you know, she knows that he's there. You know, it's not like she knows that Bale has talked about it before. So, you know, so maybe they've tried once before to get him, you know, into the rebellion. I don't know. Well, go ahead, Dick. Oh, I, I mean, um, just from a logistics perspective, if you're like trying to juggle costuming, um, it's if it's the same era, you can, you want the same stormtrooper costumes, the same imperial outfits, all these things. You want them to match up. Um, so, just from a logistics perspective, it makes sense for them to film them both at the same time. Um, and I was going to say that I just I just finished uh, from a certain point of view, and um, there is that like one chapter in there that deals with Obi Wan watching over Luke. Mm -hmm. And how um, at one point he rushed in to save Luke and how that, spoiler alert, um, he rushed in to save Luke and that caused Owen to be even more protective um, and push him away even further. And then he wasn't able to train Luke as a result of that. And that explains in some ways why he wasn't able to train Luke. So there's like... Um, that's fresh in my mind. Um, 
that that particular failure from that story and and so i gosh i i really don't think it would make sense for him to leave that planet at all no he i don't think he would leave at all either i'm saying but i could yeah. see cassian come to you know right tatooine and say hey we need you and he's like no my that'd be about the only way a crossover would work in in my mind but even if there isn't necessarily a crossover, the idea of being able to use a lot of the same elements, you know, allows them to limit exposure, save costs, uh, get get both shows out quicker. Because that's the other thing. I mean, right now, I mean, they're putting the finishing touches on Mandalorian season two, but they're probably, I mean, they gotta be starting thinking, okay, what's gotta come next? I mean, we get they got some stuff coming for spring, animation wise, but they're probably chomping at the bit to get more star wars stuff on disney plus because it's been such a hit for them well they have i'm I'm sorry go ahead dave i was just gonna say one thing if you've got to make a full scale tie fighter (laughs) for you know for modeling purposes or whatever you know you need this tie fighter in the background because we're gonna have multiple scenes there you may as well use the tie fighter for the other show you know get your money's worth so yeah. I'm, just, I'm just going to the thing I was just going to say because I was going back to you know that Marvel model. You guys have ruined me now, um, but uh, I'm just thinking with this with the Cassian Andor series with the Obi Wan series, um, th- there is the and well then we're, I'm getting a little bit ahead of the game because there are we're going to get into the rumor mill here a little bit about you know some stuff related to Solo, but you have the potential of you know. Crimson Dawn and Kira being involved, you know, with Cassian or and Obi Wan, you have the potential of all these things, this cross pollination, because they're all going to be around the same time period. Um, so it really would allow Star Wars and Lucasfilm to to test: can they do it? You know, it's. It's like, can we do this the way? And I'm thinking about the South Park episode where they're mapping out their, and and then this one gets its Netflix series, and then this one gets its movie, and then its origin story is on. You know, but but it would be a challenge to Lucasfilm to be able, can we, you know, do that sort of thing and do it well? Um, and maybe that's why these series are all, like I said, in about that time period because they can either, yeah, it does work or, oh, no, this isn't going to work at all, but we can still tell these three separate stories without the cross-pollination. You see what I mean? So I think it, it almost seems like they're testing the waters. I mean, I was just thinking, you know, you know that there's a studio up in the North Shore that built a whole a replica of the French Quarter because it proved a lot cheaper and easier to film French Quarter scenes there than to shut down portions of the actual French Quarter downtown. So I'm thinking it may come to a point where they're just building a replica of Tatooine or sets of Tatooine or sets from Coruscant and they just know, okay, these productions are going to have not necessarily using the same background but using the same uh, elements and thus so again, it's saving money because even though it's Disney and they got all the money under the world, they also know that every every production has a budget. And if they can offset costs and manage the budgets better, it saves more to 
give a grander vision when they eventually come out. Uh, speaking of actually Mandalorian, so right quick, there was for more uh, interviews with Giancarlo Esposito, speaking of the Emmy nominee, uh, because he's got on, uh, he's part of a video game coming out. And they asked him about Mandalorian season two. And he says, so far, he hasn't seen anything out of it. Uh, he's been in conversations with John Favreau, and John Favreau's told him that it's going to be power packed. And he says, and this is what the interesting quote is he thinks that he, John's already, John Favreau's already writing season three of The Mandalorian, which in a way wouldn't surprise me at all. I mean, they're probably putting the finishing touches, and Favreau's probably already thinking, okay, here's where I want to go next with this. I mean, it's it, it is kind of a it's a pliable, you know. It, it, it's pliable. You can you can just you can just put it about anywhere. I mean, yeah, right now we're focused on Baby Yoda, and you know, but you once Baby Yoda is off to you know Jedi school, then I mean, there are still adventures that the Mandalorian as a bounty hunter or whatever he you know becomes, um, you know, maybe maybe he gets more involved in the resistance or something like that. There's a lot of stories you can tell. And if people aren't sick of it, then yeah, why not? And as long as it doesn't become Caddyshack too, you know, we, we've talked on this podcast, like what, what defines star Wars? Right. And um, I guess the question for this would be what defines the Mandalorian. It is like baby Yoda, a major piece of that. And I, I you know, I don't really know. Um, I feel like the Western motif is a really big part of it. Um, more so than Lone Wolf and Cub in particular with that manga influence. But the manga influence needs to be there. The Western influence needs to be there. Um, the Mandalorian um, culture and story needs to be a part of it. Um but I think if you're true to those elements and you're true to your main characters, um, specifically Mando himself, I think you can do, like you said, Aaron, you can be pretty malleable with it. You can do what you want to do. And just to think, I mean, we were saying about the element of the, the amount of time that it takes to create a movie. I mean, TV shows don't get that, you know, years of pre-production. They're already kind of running as they're going, they're building the bridge as they're crossing it. So it wouldn't surprise me if uh, Mr. Esposito is already uh, right and John's already either thinking of it or actually writing season three. He's probably thinking, okay, here's where it's going to left off and here's where we're going to go because they're going to start thinking of, can we do what I'm thinking of in the, in within our beans? Well, let's let's also remember that uh, what the the real the the actual Korean War was what about five years mm -hmm. and mash went on for like what 15 yeah. you know <laughs> uh, so i think i think there's some things you know, my numbers are off there i know but there there are yeah. but the point the point is accurate i mean you know mash stretched out the korean war much longer than it actually went on so there's you know there are stories to be told um so like i said as long as people enjoy watching it then why not? Mm -hmm. You know. And uh, okay, so speaking of, we're talking about what might be coming out in the spring, and that's potentially the Bad Batch series. So, speaking during a stream on Twitch, they they were interviewing Sam Whitworth, 
they asked him about the Bad Batch, which is coming in 2021. And he says he's more than impressed with what he's seen so far. Here's his quote. He says, I will tell you it looks really, really good. It looks absolutely beautiful. The story, at least I know where the story begins for the first several episodes. And I was very pleased because it's a little area of Star Wars that has not often been visited. So my my first thing right here was like, wh why are they interviewing Sam Witwer on this? But then it's like, well, ding, 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 ding. Duh. <laughs> Would Maul be in this, you know, in this? Because, I mean, he's still a kicking, you know, he's, he's... The last image we saw of Maul was him leaving all the clones and Ahsoka and uh, Rex to die and that uh, Benetra-class Star Destroyer. <laughs> And he's off to start Crimson Dawn, you know, so, or keep going with Crimson Dawn. So, um, but that was my first thing is like, why are we interviewing Sam Witwer about the Bad Batch? And then I was like, well, that must be malls in it. So anyway, that's, I mean, that's just my take. He would be an interesting antagonist for any series. Um, <laughs> well, first I mean, first, I've, I've heard that the Bad Batch is what they're going to be like doing these mercenary mission things, right? So, yeah. what if they're hired by Crimson Dawn? What if they're hired by you know somebody who's opposed to Crimson Dawn? You know, so there's there's ways that they can interact with Maul without having to stretch the imagination, you know, far at all. Right. And that's just it. I mean, we have. We have him in the background as a villain. We know he's out there. So the and because of the nature of what happens to the clones after Star Wars, I mean after the Clone Wars ends, we know that there's some potential uh, overlap for them happening within stories that are not necessarily at the front. You know that they're not up front. They're more existing in the shadows in the realm where the huts and Black Sun and Crimson Dawn can all exist. So it makes sense that he they'd run to one another. Isn't it interesting that Lucasfilm has taken a character that la it was uh, had just minutes of screen time really in and made them into almost as big, if not you know, bigger antagonist than Darth Vader. You know, I mean, he is, uh, he is, he is everywhere. He's in, you know, he is in um, the Clone Wars. He is in Rebels, you know. Uh, he's in Solo. In Solo, he is, like I said, he's becoming more of the boogeyman than Darth Vader ever was. But you know what's interesting to me? It's almost paying off the promise of the Phantom Menace. You know how upfront Darth Maul was in that movie? and how central he was to everything. And then we're like, oh, he was just a, a glorified cameo and then he's gone and yay, okay. But now, you know, the character that we've gotten over the last 20 years feels more like the character that we were promised back in 99. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I mean, like he was, so many people lamented his death in Phantom Menace. They're like, man, this is such a cool character and you kill him off. Like, what are you doing to me? Um, like most people's favorite part of that movie were either Maul or the lightsaber duels involving Maul and you know to just kill him off it seemed like such a waste at the time and here's an example of Lucas listening to the fans and bringing him back 
And, you know, it, it was a little clunky at the time, but a little, um, yeah. <laughs> but he's paid it off so wonderfully, you know, like he's developed this incredible backstory for this person and the, the amount of torture and pain that this creature has been through. Um, oh, man, he's just so compelling to watch on screen now. Mm -hmm. You know, you're going to get a more complex story when he's involved. Which is interesting because you still go, he's totally the villain, he's totally the bad guy. He totally messed you over at one point or another, but the story gets more complex when he gets around. Yeah, but even right. in Rebel in Rebels, you found yourself like, you know, yeah, okay, yeah, he's he's with us. You know, you you just you know, it he's always playing the long game. So mm -hmm. Yep. Yep. Okay, speaking actually of uh, Phantom Menace and Darth Maul, I'm gonna transition to the story right quick. Uh just simply, uh, this will be the last kind of the concrete news, so to speak. And it's regarding Ray Park. And uh, there was a, well, no nice way to say it. There was some explicit photos that were shared into his Instagram account back last week. Uh, they were quickly deleted. And uh, there was uh, some rumors regarding the potential for, quote, unquote, revenge porn. Uh, neither Park nor his wife have confirmed that they were actually involved in this. They've actually... She, his wife came out and uh, says the allegations against her husband are false, denounced them, said, ask for everybody to respect their time, which I think it's only appropriate. I mean, you know, the dynamics of this story were kind of icky, to say the least, uh, kindly. Uh, but I think the only reason I'm not bringing it up is because if for a brief moment there, it seemed like Ray Park was going to lose all the rumored uh, potential for Darth Maul that we're about to discuss in a little bit. Yeah, yeah, and I guess we when we get to that point, we can talk about you know the the all the rumors about what Maul might appear in. Um, I maybe that's a good transition here is to talk about like what exactly because like we think given Sam Whitmer being interviewed about the Bad Batch that he would appear in the Bad Batch, um, but there's more. Yeah, so let me actually so now transition to all the rumored stuff. So not confirm. It's out floating in the industry, in the internet stream, but it's uh, it's been rumored within the last week or so. So the first big one is that Darth Maul will appear multiple, not just one, but multiple Disney Plus shows. Uh, this is coming from the direct beta, uh, which they say, they say that, uh, you know, with the story, with the fact that the movies have been pushed back a year, more Disney content, Disney Plus is going to be the source for all the content for Star Wars, so. Gonna get Bad Batch, Cassian Andor, Obi Wan. Uh, they're supposed to be a female centric character, a female centric story. And, uh, but the, what they were reporting was that Darth Maul, the character, is going to appear in multiple live action Star Wars series for Disney Plus in the coming years. So, according to their insider, including among these series, Lucasfilm is developing a live action show that will focus on him, on Maul. And in addition, they expect to feature Kira, played by Amelia Clark, from the solo movie in this show. So the idea being, bring in a, a TV show, focusing on Maul, having Kira, being about Crimson Dawn, which we and saw in solo. So, so real quick, I think you need to say the next rumor because so we can talk about all these because it's getting back into my, Mar my Marvel cross-pollination possibilities go ahead and say the next one first well okay so the next one is going to be well is it the donald glover one or yeah, is it the that one? One? 
Okay, so the next rumor is Donald Glover is going to return as Lando in a new Disney Plus series. Uh, First of all, I will say this, and I, I, I said it out loud, and then they said it on Star Wars Underworld as well, but I want to give them credit because if they don't call this the Calrissian Chronicles, then they have failed. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because you know, this if there is going to be a Lando show, that could totally be like, you know, just, you know, well, first of all, um, well, yeah, I, 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 what? Now, wasn't that what he was calling them when he was recording? Yeah, that's when he was blogging. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, you could actually, and again, I'm, I'm, I'm going to steal their thunder. Uh, this was a great idea that the Star Wars Underworld put forth. You could actually have Billy D. Williams at the beginning of these episodes, you know, saying, and then I, you know, look at just actually just even clicking on the video, you know, of his vlog and then reminiscing back to when he was on whatever planet doing whatever job. And then you have Donald Glover as Lando for the rest of the um, rest of the the episode. So you could actually have you know two Landos in there. But to so, my point that I was just going to say now, if you've got, I mean, he has connections with Crimson Dawn. He said he used to do jobs, and you know he's going to need money at some point. And Crimson Dawn is still going on. And, and hey, Kira, Kira, remember when I helped you out? You know, with that uh, with that job on Kessel, I need some help here as well. And so you could have Maul in that. You could have, you know, you could have actually even have Lando in a Cassian series. You know, if they, it, it's all these things happening about the same time. I just think they're setting themselves up for all this cross pollination. Absolutely. So here, let me finish this. Uh, what the story says because oh, I'm sorry, I stepped all no, over. No, 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 no. That's quite all right. That's quite all right because it actually goes to what you were saying. So this was initially reported by Kessel Run Transmissions. They reported that Glover would like to return. It wasn't clear at the moment if he had signed on or if he was still negotiating. The report suggests, and I'm taking all this from the story on testthread.com, uh, that the might be connected to a quote-unquote Crimson Dawn crime syndicate spin-off series, which will connect to the solo movie. Uh, similarly, Billy D. Williams suggested around the time of Rise of Skywalker that that might not be the end of his character's run and that an older Lando might return for a series about young Lando. So to Star Wars Underground and your point, that might be the case. And then uh, also Lucasfilm President Kathleen Kennedy revealed the hope for a Lando-based film during Cannes back in 2018. So when they were doing all the promotion for Solo, there was this, she said, we think the next spin-off will be dedicated to Lando. So, you know, that's, you know, we're, you know none of it's been confirmed. It's still in the rumor stage, but it's interesting to note, like you said, that we have a Crimson Dawn slash Darth Maul series out there floating as an idea and a Lando story, a young Lando story floating as an idea and that they might be coming together at the same time. I'm here for all this. I, I think these are <laughs> outstanding ideas, especially for the Disney Plus, you know, platform. platform. I, I think this, I think this is great. Um, and also, I will say, if I don't see Enthus Nest in the Cassian series, I will be upset. Um, but uh, and you could also see Forrest Whitaker as Saul Guerrero, you know, mm -hmm. Saul Guerrero for that matter. But anyway, uh, no, all these, I'm I'm down with all of this. I think this has the potential of, you know, 
it, it'll be kind of one of those things where you can you don't have to watch all of them. You can pick one and and get your Star Wars fix, or you can watch all of them and get your Star Wars fix. Um, like I said, as long as it's done well. I mean, but I, I'm I'm here for all of it. I think when we um, we gauge our relative excitement about potential new projects. Um, I really get excited about two things in particular when I look at um, a good idea uh, or good talent attached. Um, and in this case, you know, it's Donald Glover. Um, and so I'm in. <laughs> yeah. uh, I mean, if the idea is good, it's an absolute winner. Um, if they have if they have story ideas in place and they have an arc in mind for him, then um, yeah, it's it's going to be an absolute winner. But just the fact that we get to see Donald Glover play Lando again, uh, I'm all in for that. But then you talk about the good idea, you know, the the Crime Syndicate series. If that is even just the Mall series, you know, maybe they call it Crimson Dawn. You know, that is that's a Star Wars story that we haven't seen. Gangsters have always been on the periphery, you know. Um, that would it would be it'd be an awesome. I mean, you have the potential then of even bringing in Boba Fett, you know, for all those Boba Fett junkies. You have there's there's so much potential. Um, I mean, what'd you say? Bosk. Yeah, Bosk. <laughs> <laughs> Cat Bane. I mean, Cat you, Bane. you, you have, like I said, you just have, it's, it, I think an underworld, you know, like I said, gangster type story would, uh, would be awesome. Which I think that's why the reason why I linked the story about Ray Park, because you remember one of the big moments in Solo, not correctly the biggest one, was when Ray Park showed up on screen and Sam Whitworth voice came out of his mouth and you got Darth Maul, the one that you knew from Clone Wars and Rebels. And uh, this is why I'm pretty sure he's like, no, please don't kick me off the island, so to speak, uh, out of potential personal rumors. But you got a potential here to, now to Marvel, to put it to your terms, share universe in Disney Plus, because you have Cassian Andor, you have Solo. I mean, I'm going to get to Solo. You have Crimson Dawn. You have Lando. You have all these shows, Obi-Wan, that are happening right about the same time, right about the same galaxy, you know, area. You know, because if, you know, if Lando's going to go deal with the Huts, they're going to Tatooine. If Kira's got to go to, you know, the Huts, she's got to go to Tatooine. So it creates a dynamic where these characters may bump into one another. I'll say one thing about the drama involving Ray Park. I think all three of us are just like, we'll wait and see, you know, like what will unfold with that? You, there's no way to know. Um, but I, you know, to the point of saying you could put a lot of different people in that makeup and have them look basically like Darth Maul. I think like um, if they have to move forward without him, they can. Well, that was um, what I, we were talking offline. Well, talking you know off show today. That that's my point. Being the five hundred first, I've seen so many people who cosplay as Darth Maul that look exactly like it. And when it comes down to it, with all due respect to Ray Park and David Prowse, I mean, right? Well, Darth Vader. Who's Darth Vader? James Earl Jones. Sorry. Um, and then also, who is you know now it's being set up? Who is Darth Maul? 
It's not Ray Park. Sorry, it's Sam Witwer. That's the voice because that's the voice everybody knows. Could you see Sam Witwer being Mole in the TV show? Because it'd be, uh, I mean, it'd make it it'd be an easy transition. I mean, I don't know. It, it, that, I suppose that all depends. There'd be enough CGI because he's, you know, half robot. So really just put him in the right robes and the right makeup. It would, you know, but yeah. so, you know, and it would make more sense than having to do the lip syncing. You know, yeah, yeah, that's true. Okay, so we uh, kind of dropped the next rumor that was that was happening, which is basically make solo to happen. Hashtag may be born into make solo the Disney Plus series happen. So again, we got Maul and Crimson Dawn series. Uh, we have Lando coming in. Uh, Star Wars Unity says plans that solo. Crime Syndicate spin-offs have shifted into more full-fledged production. And it sounds like a, they call it a solo-verse, which is hilarious. But they're saying we might get Han Solo to return and have a series on series in Disney+. Plus. Well, uh, that's... I'm sorry. Uh, that, I mean, I, th I think there, I think there are some, I think there's some overlap in these stories and all, and these rumors, because yeah. if you're talking about a Crimson Dawn, you know, or you're talking about a Star Wars gangster type, you know, movie, then you got the Huts involved in that. And he, where was Han and Chewie heading, you know, at the end of the movie, they're heading to the Huts. Um, you've also got Lando, you know, doing his thing. So I, I don't necessarily, my gut tells me, I don't think there's going to be a Han Solo sequel per se but you're going to see alden as han solo and you're going to see chewbacca again at some point because you've got all that you've got all the chess pieces there just all doing other things so sorry i interrupted you but that's no no i was just going to read to finish up the report from uh the rumor landos here it says they say uh so recently have been rumors flying around the internet about some kind of Darth Maul series in Disney Plus, but it sounds like those rumors are referring to this solo continuation that's expected to feature Maul. Uh, that's where this whole solo Disney Plus thing is right now. Started out as just a spin-off about the crime syndicates. Looks have now evolved into a full continuation of solo. And it's possible that due to the fan support for the campaign, that's resulted in something even bigger. So in other words, what I guess I'm trying to say is everything right now is sort of fluid with all these rumors whether it's lando crimson gone solo there's some idea to make a product or project excuse me out of it they just don't know which way it's going to take shape whether it's crimson dawn series an underworld series a solo series or lando you know they know they want to make something there but how those elements come together is the key again or all of the above and i'll say it for the fifth time on this show tonight that you know, they're you're going to have them interweave. They're trying to figure out, can we do the Marvel thing? And again, they can get far enough into writing and go up. Oh, yep. This Marvel thing isn't going to work for us. And they can still have three, four really awesome series, you know, um, that don't interconnect, but, um, you know, and, and Alden actually had an interview like about a week or so ago, a week or two ago, where he was like, he was being kind of coy. He's like, I've heard some things, right. you know? Um, so, yeah. I, you know what? I'll I'll say one thing. And I, if you're talking about an MCU style 
approach. And we've talked about like for a number of reasons why that hasn't necessarily just sort of fallen into place for Star Wars yet in comparison to what Marvel's doing. And one of my big things about this has been the timeline. I think the problem that Star Wars has had over the last five years is that they're jumping all over the timeline back and forth everywhere, which way, and people aren't able to stay with it. Mm -hmm. um, and so, like, if you're going to combat that and you're going to try to do this interconnect thing, um, you're going to want to try to keep everything in the same general timeline. And so, given that, that basic fact, um, all these rumors tend to make a lot of sense. And I, and I give them a lot of credence because of this. It's just like, if you're wanting to connect all these people and all these chess pieces together, you have them. You have them all on the board. You have Alden Emmerich. You have um, uh, Donald Glover. You have um, Darth Emilia. Maul. Yeah, you have... Um, um, Amelia Clark. Yeah, Amelia Clark. You've got... Um, why am I blanking on um, our boy from Rogue One? Um, oh, Cassian Andor. Cassian Andor. Yeah, Diego Luna. Um, yeah. Yeah. So you got all these different like chess pieces. So you can put them on the board and you can start to move them around from one place to the next and have them interconnect. And you can do the Marvel thing now. Um and and so from that perspective, if that's what they're trying to do and that's what they want to do, then this is the right time period to probably focus on. You're not gonna do it during the sequel trilogy unless you're bringing back you know Daisy and um, you John. know John Boyega and and Zori Bliss and some of these other people. I mean, like they they've already got all these other people kind of like lined up, ready to go. So it just makes sense to me. And I'll, I'll just say I think and part of the dynamic that may be helpful for them is, look, you know, actors love to work, but at the same time they're always doing a whole number of different projects. So maybe doing an Underworld, you know, doing a Lando series and an Underworld series where they can focus on different uh, characters. So they're not necessarily beholden to, say, if, you know, if Alden wants to go uh, work with Martin Scorsese, to put it that way, he can go and make his stuff, come in, give us a few episodes and off he goes. If Amelia Clark needs to work in another production, because that's part of the dynamic. It's a lot of these actors, they're not, they're working nonstop. So, Maybe being tethered to a TV show, even if a Star Wars TV show, may not be what they want to do for the next decade. But if you tell them, okay, you're going to give us you know, two seasons, three seasons, and then we'll also give you freedom to work other stuff, that may be more beneficial for them. And it gives them uh, gives Disney Plus a dynamic where they're not necessarily just making the same show every year. You know, they can branch off and do other different things now and then. You know, and I, I know I said earlier that, yeah, you could, see Cassian going to Tatooine and talking to Obi-Wan, trying to get him to fight. But the more I think about that, I think if you do, like, let's take the MCU thing, all these other series, that all makes sense. And then the Obi-Wan can just focus on Obi-Wan and Anakin. Mm -hmm. And that can, that can be a different thing. It doesn't have to be the one interconnecting to all these other things. They can play around in the solo verse and then you can have the Obi-Wan series just be its own thing, which I think would actually, now that I've been thinking about it for the last few minutes, I think would be a, a better route. 
because I, I don't want I don't want any of these as much as I, I think it'd be interesting to see if they could stretch themselves creatively to do this. I don't want it to end up being like, you know, Jay and Silent Bob strike back. Hey, kids, it's Mark Hamill, you know. Yes. Yeah, I, I don't I don't want, you know, or, you know, they're Cassian's walking down the most icely street and bumps into, you know, Obi-Wan. He says, you just watch yourself. You know, I don't want to I don't want to <laughs> I, I, I don't want to see it. I want it to be meaningful. You know, uh, I was just thinking about like a Star Wars Avengers like kind of deal we're like we're getting the team together and like cassian and, o and kira and han solo are all teaming up to some big bad you know not like no no i mean kind of like the like netflix travel with the defenders and it didn't quite come off yeah yeah yeah, yeah it, it's it's easy to plan but uh it's interesting when you try to bring characters together sometimes the chemistry just isn't there and Anyway, so one last rumor before we head over to some other silly stuff. Uh, speaking of Cassian Andor, Castle Run Radio also suggested, dropped the rumor that the, that series may feature the return of Grand Moff Tarkin. So they don't, they don't elaborate on whether it's going to be a combination of visual effects and standing like it was for uh, Rogue One, or whether it'll be the, the new actor cast into the role. Well, that's you know, the thing. Yeah, you know, as I was again, as I was thinking about this, the the Cassian series could you know be uh, really ten years prior to the events of Rogue One, so you don't have to have somebody who looks exactly like Peter Cushing mm -hmm. as you kind of did in Rogue One. So that's why you use the death mask to the you know do. But Grand Moff Tarkin is he's the baddie you know in this time period. He's the Imperial baddie. He's more so than Vader, you know? Um, so if you're gonna have, if you're, especially if you're talking about the Empire, um, so it makes sense that he would be the chief protagonist or antagonist for, for this series. Do you think he would be the chief antagonist or do you think he'd be kind of like an over, like an overlord kind of villain just hanging in the background and well, yeah. like, like I'm thinking like rebels. Yeah, like what he did in rebels. rebels. Yeah, that's I mean yeah. that's what I meant. Yeah, kind of kind of where he would send something like Callus or the Inquisitors or whoever. He would just you know send them out to capture the rebels, but he wouldn't necessarily be involved directly unless you ticked them off. Oh, could we have a live action Callus or yeah, a live action Inquisitor for that matter? You could, I mean, because these, there's uh, Cassian, well, Cassian, I mean, Rogue One takes place right before episode four, so the, the most of those characters shouldn't be around. Like, definitely not the Inquisitor. Callus would be, but if this is taking place a few years beforehand, it might be the case. I don't know, but the, the timeline gets a bit screwy when you start thinking about it really hard, so. Uh, but it's, an, it's an interesting idea just from the standpoint of it would be, I wonder whether or not they're looking to get another bite at, you know, we didn't really get it right with Tarkin, which by the way, I didn't have a problem with Tarkin. In I, thought they, I thought they got it right. I thought it was yeah. awesome. Some people didn't, but I had no problem with it. Given the fact that the man's been dead for over 30 years. Yeah. Like I said, I yeah. watched Rogue One again uh, last week and I, I just like, I don't, I don't get it. It, it seemed you know, I, I can understand people going, ah, oh, yeah, they screwed up on Leia. Leia seemed like it was a last minute, you know, rush job. But I mean, of course, it was five seconds versus, you know, 
15, 20 minutes of the movie, you know, so they had to get Tarkin right. I thought Tarkin was good. And he makes sense that, it, like I said, he's going to be the chief imperial, you know, in this series. So. Okay. And Kessel Run uh, transmissions, they've been, they, they've been really hot on the rumors and, yeah. and actually, uh, and confirming some things. So yeah, listen to them folks. Yeah. I mean, it's interesting that they're getting a lot of the, first uh, bite at the rumor mill, which is interesting because uh, production, I mean, as we discussed, production is only beginning to ramp up, but all this stuff that normally would have floated out through the conventions, Comic-Con, the like, is now coming out through podcasts and fan websites. Yeah. Okay, so that moves us out of the rumor mill for movie productions and TV productions. So how about a whole bunch of uh, Galaxy Edge stuff before we sign off? So just rubbing it in that I couldn't go in May, aren't you? Well, actually, when you go, you may get to go to the Galactic Star Cruiser Hotel. Yeah, I, I, I ain't spending that kind. Of, actually, no, you know, I, I actually said that. You know, it's like you can live you, you can live your own Star Wars story, and it's immersive and stuff like that. And I turned to Brittany, I'm like, I'm in the 501st. You know, it's like I I don't I don't need don't really need that. I'd rather spend my money elsewhere. And I'm a huge Star Wars fan, but no, I really don't want to do this. So um, the reason to bring it up is because uh, there was a new permit filed for the new for Star Wars Galactic Star Cruiser Hotel. And sorry, all I think of also is that there was no cutlery in medieval times. Therefore, there are there is no cutlery in medieval times. That's all I think <laughs> about when I think about this Star Cruiser. Go ahead, Fredo. Sorry. <laughs> no, no. It's just it says a new permit was filed for pro, quote Project H. Installation of show set elements. Uh, by the way, I'm taking this from WorldDisneyWorldMagic.com uh, with an expiration date in 2022. Now, they have been working on the hotel. Remember, it was supposed to uh, premiere sometime next year, but work came to a halt because of the pandemic. Uh, ThemeWorks, which has done previous work for Disney, including Toy Story Mania, got the permit. So, the, you know, there's a plan. So like I said, open 2021, likely shifted. But yeah, this is that fabled all-immersive hotel experience at Galaxy's Edge and Disney World, where you get to live your Star Wars story. And see, and again, that's the thing. And again, I just say, when Brittany and I go to Disney World, it's cool that there's Star Wars stuff there, but that's not why I go to Disney World. Uh, and there's, there's other reasons I want to go to Disney World. I want to do Magic Kingdom. I want to do, you know, other things in at, you know, uh, Hollywood Studios. I want to go to Epcot, you know. I don't want to spend three days locked in Star Wars prison, <laughs> and well, and spend and spend what three thousand dollars to do it? You know, right? I mean, three dollars, three thousand dollars a head, so that you know somebody can tell me where the fresher is. You know, uh, no. Well, I'm thinking like, have you ever seen Westworld, the TV show, where you know you get pay thousands, tens of thousands of dollars to live an all immersive Wild West experience, but it's robots you know dressed as humans uh, and i'm just thinking you know be my luck get in there and that's when the robots malfunction at you know the galactic star cruiser just start shooting people so i don't know that i necessarily want that well it's also going to be this is going to be one of those things that little kids are going to want to do it but then there's going to be old people like us that want to do it so you're going to look like a bunch of pedophiles running around you know disney world <laughs> it's like that's the south park yeah. episode nambla you know it's like this isn't the North American Marlon Brando's Association. <laughs> look, look alike. Marlon Brando look alike. You know, 
it's, I don't know, it's, it's just got that, I'm, I'm sorry, it, when I was in San Francisco uh, one time, uh, we met, I was with a couple of coworkers and we met one of my friends, his friends, we met him for lunch in, uh, in uh, Japantown. And then, and they were all into anime as well, like the, my, my coworker and his two friends. And so they wanted to go to this anime shop in Japantown. And my other coworker, Jared and I, we were like the oldest people. We're in our forties. Everybody else is like mostly teenagers. And then, you know, our other coworker and Jared and I looked at it. So I was like, yeah, I think we need to go wait outside because we don't look really, we're not into anime and this doesn't look good. And that's the way I would feel on the Star Wars cruiser. If, you know, if I see families running around with their kids and then there's 47 year old Aaron and, uh, you know, yeah, in, in his costume and his, uh, you know, in his Galactic Star Cruiser outfit. And pushing little kids out of the way for the Meiluron. You know, no, I don't want to do that. That's so, you know. If you go to Magic Kingdom, you know, it's not the, the worst stretch to, to do that, too. I, I, you know, it's. It's all good. It's all fun. We're all just having fun. So uh, I, w I wouldn't look at you as being a massive perv, Aaron. Well, thank you, Dave. Thank you. <laughs> okay. So I can't, I can't talk you into the Star Cruise, Aaron, but can I talk you into Life Day at Batu? They really want to make the Hollywood the, the holiday special canon, don't they? they so, really, okay. Somebody so, really does. So a tantalizing rumor go went to Walt Disney Walt Disney World News uh, uh, selection of festivals coming coming to Galaxy's Edge in a similar vein to the various seasons that take place at Harry Potter Studios, uh, Galaxy's Edge in both Florida and Anaheim, so back to east and back to west, could be seen celebrations from Black Spire Day, Harvest Festival, and Life Day. So Black Spire Day is the day that they celebrate the founding, which is being May the fourth. Which, okay, the Harvest Festival is celebrating the nat natural resource that grows on Batu, And uh, it's known in the Star Wars lore that Ogagara tends to hoard this resource and they use it in their dishes. So it coincides with Halloween. October you know, Sounds like pot. It sounds yeah. like we're harvesting <laughs> pot. <laughs> and then, of course, the big one. In 1978, the Star Wars Holiday Special, we introduced Life Day for the Wookiees which would be Christmas. So they're trying, none of the events are confirmed. It's, you know, randomly, it's weird that it's being suspicious, but supposedly uh, they're trying to introduce festival events for Galaxy's Edge. So, it, to it totally makes sense. It totally makes sense. And no, I don't have a problem with any of it. And uh, actually I want, I've seen a, a life day, happy life day, ugly Christmas sweater. And I really want it. I want to get that if it wasn't like 80 gazillion degrees in New Orleans at Christmas. Um, but no, I have no problem with it. And I think it's, it makes sense for what Disney, you know, Disney has the, has these festivals, whether it's at Epcot or, you know, and they have the, you know, Mickey's not so scary Halloween, you know, parties and things like that. They want another, you know, revenue flow. And so I guarantee you that on all these festivals, it's going to be another ticketed event that happens after hours. That yeah. special merch that you can only get that day. Right. Special food, you know, yeah. Special pins for all the pin collectors. So, I mean, so no, it's fine. Is Lumpy going to show up, though? <laughs> you kind of have to. He's the mascot of Life Day. 
Come I on. want Lumpy. <laughs> there you go. The, the Aaron, that's the, that's the title for this episode. I want Lumpy. <laughs> <laughs> the other thing's not to say. <laughs> okay. So moving right along. So everybody knows that a couple of weeks ago, Walt Disney World reopened in Florida with some restrictions uh, regarding the pandemic. So I'll just mention right quick that, right, you know, this actually, Dave, you got a couple of good things, you know, cool things to do before uh, everything crammed down because Savvy's Workshop, it reopened, but they're only selling legacy lightsabers. They're not, doing, they're not doing the build your own. Oh, wow. So, so Aaron, if you had gone, you know, say if you had gotten a chance to go recently, you could not do the build the lightsaber or build the droid uh, experiences. I got I got to believe that this they're going to be going back to once once this is all under control they're going to go back to that because who's going to you know I, I'm not going to go I'll go through the ceremony and everything if I get to build my own lightsaber I'm not going to go stand there and you know listen to somebody talk and then they say okay here do you want Darth Vader or Luke you know I so hopefully they I understand why they're doing it I get it. Mm -hmm. I hope yeah. this is not a permanent uh, thing. No, I don't think so. But I think Dave can tell us. I mean, it's very extensively hands-on. So there's no way to, you know, limit touching of hand and face to uh, to uh, junk parts. In this you case. know, it's not any to worse. What, to what parts? Junk. <laughs> <laughs> We're off the rails. Wow, man. <laughs> Well, okay. right. hey, what do they call them? What do they call them? Who's the bird now? <laughs> well, I was going to say, you know, try to get us back on track here. Um, the, the Savvy's Workshop is not any more of a confined area than Oga's, um, for example. Mm -hmm. So it's like, if you're not if you're gonna like let people go to the cantina but you're not gonna let them build a lightsaber i don't know how that makes any kind of sense you know just logistically speaking well, so again, i i understand i can understand it's kind of like you know if you go anywhere here in town you order a beer they're not they're not pouring it into a glass glass they're pouring it into a plastic glass it's gonna get thrown away um, you know, and here it is, you've got somebody potentially sick manhandling, you know, parts to your lightsaber and then handing it off to the kid who's, you know, then, so there is, you know, like Fredo said, there is a, tra you know, a, more of a transmission thing than at Oga's. They could, they could control that, you know, like all the food things probably, but, um, but I mean, it's it smacks of the illusion of safety rather than actual safety. I would agree with that. I would agree yeah. with that as well. Yeah. You know, um, but you know, I I don't. I'm not going to fault them for taking precautions and being as safe as they can be with it. It just like drawing the line there sounds a little weird to me. Well, when you consider the, you know, I mean, they just had rise of the resistance open up but besides the two rides most of the other experiences that are available i mean the next two big ones that are next three big ones are olga's savvy's and the droid shop and they're all very interactive they'll require very close environments where you're standing in lines or you're cloistered very close to one another so it's got to be real difficult because there's a margin there's a profit margin that disney's trying to hit every time these things are open and 
I don't know you can really have that if you're not providing the experience that everybody wants to have. I, I kind of suspect. I kind of suspect that they're just going to have to raise prices on stuff. Mm. I mean, well, ultimately, so, yeah. So far, they're keeping the prices for the legacy lightsabers as they were. Um, so I didn't see, you know, from the cut from those displays that they have on the prices, they haven't gone up in any significant. But I mean, everything, you know, park tickets, food, <laughs> everything, just to keep the crowds, you know, a little bit less intense. Um, and make it manageable or feasible in the first place, and and like you said, hit those profit margins. <laughs> I, I would suspect that that's where we're headed eventually. Yeah, because you you know you if you're having to limit the number of people you can let in, and you have to limit how close it can be, and hope, fingers crossed the app is working right this time, so that you don't you know <laughs> limit the no, you don't create a situation where more people are trying to get in at the right at the same time. You end up, you know, you're still gonna have to have a way of making up that difference. All right, everybody, wear a damn mask and get a vaccine going, so I can go to Disney World for crying out loud. Well, so well, and speaking of, and this wasn't on my rundown, but it came out yesterday. There's a rumor that there might be another cantina opening up in yeah. Galaxy's Edge. I saw that same thing. Another that that would make sense. Yeah, supposedly it's based. There's concept art for Tales from the Galaxy's Edge VR experience. That's supposed to come in now, gonna be coming out for Oculus, and they're trying to do something nice. Where since people can't, you know, are not going necessarily right now, they're trying to create a VR experience for people to download and experience Galaxy's Edge. And right next to Olga's Cantina, they have what they call Cecil Slacks Cantina. I'll just if I mispronounce that. So they may have another cantina coming too, uh, too. So because it's been such a hit, Olga's has maybe draw some of that crowd away from that into another cantina. Which which drives me bonkers. Uh, did they did they think that a cantina in Star Wars land was not going to be busy? Well, again, you guys have been to Disney World more than or did, you know, more than I have. How busy are all the food spots and drink spots? Oh my god. My country. Very. Yeah. You know, actually, I, I know of a couple that are like not. We found a couple of nice little drinking spots that, you know, in Animal Kingdom, especially, but you know, but yeah, it's like, did they, but seriously, a cantina. We're not just talking about a drink stand. We're talking about a cantina in Star Wars Land. Oh, gee, that's getting a capacity all of a sudden. Oh, whoever would have thought? So sometimes I don't, you know, uh, I don't know. Of course, start off small and then expand, whatever. But now it's like, I don't know. Well, particularly when it comes to Star Wars, you know, there's going to be. You know, if you're building a Star Wars land, to put it in those terms, uh, there's going to be a lot of demand for every element of that experience. All the shops are going to be full. All the dining places are going to be packed. All the rides are going to have long lines. So you you can you can kind of guess to go bigger than smaller. Well, and then if you if it's still not big enough, you can still expand. But it's also I think about the movie Contact. Yes, I'm going to talk about the movie Contact when he says that you know. If you can build one, always build two. Mm -hmm. you know? yeah, he says, why not build two at twice the cost? I mean, <laughs> it's, it puts the, yeah, I mean, it's just, it just kind of, kind of makes sense. So, so uh, right, right quick before we do, you know, get away from uh, Galaxy's Edge, uh, want to congratulate Dave. He went to one of the 27 best bars in America. 
So another reason for you to feel uh, jealous, Aaron. Olga's did you, Cantina. Did you, have, did you have an alcoholic beverage at Olga's Cantina? We did. Okay. Yeah, because well, yeah, yeah. Olga's was voted one of the 27 best bars in America by Esquire magazine, which kind of says a lot. I mean, they're normally they're putting all the hipster spots and whatnot, but they went, no, we got to put the Star Wars Cantina in there. You know, I don't even know how to evaluate that because with kids, like we've our bar uh, frequency has gone way down. So it's like I don't even know how to evaluate it. But um, it was really cool for Star Wars fans. I know that anybody that goes to Galaxy's Edge probably once would want to go to Ogos. You know, I was, I was actually thinking about what they, you know, in this period of, you know, COVID and with all the troubles we're having with bars and stuff like that that bars need to start implementing what Oga's does. And it's like, you got what, a, like a 45 minute time limit, then get the hell out. You know, I mean, it's like, you know, or maybe if you went in, it's like you have a, you know, two drink maximum and, or 45 minutes, whichever comes first and then get the hell out. You know, I mean, what, eh, at, least know. Right, what? at least for right now. What's yeah, that? You know, and we had to make a reservation. Well, they're also, we had saying, to... they're also saying that you can't stand at the bar at Oga's anymore right now with the whole COVID stuff. So, yeah. yeah, so yeah Dave, you, had to, you had to make a reservation. You, you know, I don't... Yeah. I know. The whole thing sounds kind of um, awkward. <laughs> I. <laughs> It's just like really hard to sound, make this sound like fun and enjoyable. Well, but um, you're going to have to, to me. There's like two. There's there's two possibilities here. That either a, it's like I want to get out of the house, and so it's like yes, I will make that reservation. I will go have my two drinks and be there for 45 minutes. And I just that was the best 45 minutes I've spent all week. I am happy. Or it's going to be the people like you just said by going. No, I'm not going to do this. It's just no, I'm not going through that. And so you're getting the best of both where you're limiting the people that are in, you know, who would normally like just driving by a bar and go, Hey, let's stop in and get a drink. You know, that's, but anyway, no, maybe they just need you know, try it. Just not really. Just it, I'm, I'm just thinking, you know, just from the standpoint of given the fact that you are in galaxy Edge, given the fact that you are surrounded by families and kids and everything, you know, you're trying to, again, shepherd people to try to stay safe. But the fact of the matter is Disney World is one of the most hectic, chaotic places on planet Earth. So trying to control all that has to be really difficult. Well, so the bottom know. line is that if I was, you know, I'm single or I'm not single. I'm, I'm, <laughs> Does your wife I'm, married, I'm married, but I don't have kids. So the chances of the two of us just hanging out for a few hours at Oga's Cantina is a high probability so i understand why they have that time limit um because otherwise you're just going to be that jack that's you know that old drunk at the end of the bar. so uh, but no i was just thinking maybe they try that at the you know some of the bars you know here in town I don't know. okay so last bit of uh, last news actually i have in my roundup but it's adjacent to galaxy sedge but not really uh basically saying uh since we can't go to there they're going to bring it to us. Uh, Disney and Lucasfilm is uh, partnering with Target. And starting August 30th, you're going to look for trading outposts in their stores and online for collectible toys, fashion items, all the stuff from Galaxy's Edge that you can't get there. 
including uh, Black Series lines, Funko Pops, and shirts, all designed from toys, all from Galaxy's Edge, are going to be available at Target. So I guess they figured if you can't. Everything came, must go. They've got a warehouse full of junk that they just need to offload. There's a crate, there's a crate ship from China that just landed and they got to move it. So. Well, it makes sense that it's Target because Disney is opening, like they've opened little Disney stores inside of Targets. So they've got already have a, a connection there. So I understand why they're doing this, you know, because like I said, they've got a warehouse full of this junk that nobody's going to be really coming to get. So yeah, let's put it where people can buy it. Um, so I get it. But, you know, as a collector, I don't get, I'm, I'm not bent out of shape that somebody can go to Target and pick up something. But part of the thrill of collecting is when you go to that, this is the one place, like I'm looking right now at my Lucasfilm water bottle. It's just, a, it's just a water bottle. It says Lucasfilm on it, but I know there's only one place on planet earth that you can get that water bottle. And that was, that's a special thing, you know, for me, or that, that one, uh, you know, I've got some figure collections that were only available in Japan. Now, if people want to hunt those things down online and, you know, off secondary market, that's one thing, but to be able to set up your whole collecting mission to go to the place where this stuff is and to purchase that. And it reminds you of that experience. Um, now, if I can just go do that at target, you know, I don't know. Yeah. Well, I'll give you an example of uh, from uh, my soccer life. Uh, there was uh, your stalker, I got your stalker life. So yeah, right, that soccer part of my life. Wait, 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 um, wait, no, did you say stalker or soccer? No, no soccer, football. Okay. Because okay. it's not like soccer. Because now we're no, back no, to... no, no, again, yeah, yeah. No, let's move. Let's move away from the Marlon Brando lookalikes. <laughs> and, uh, no, because a few years back I got to travel to London to go see Arsenal in person, and I bought myself a shirt there at the store. I mean, they ever. Just like every uh, sports team, they have their own gift shop and whatever. You can put whatever name on it. So I got a shirt there, and now the player that's on the back of that shirt is no longer with me, but I still keep it in the back of my closet because I'm like, I got that shirt at the stadium. I can order online. There's there's others that I've ordered online that I wear and have, but that's the one I got there during that trip, and that's a memory that's stuck with me forever. Yeah. Uh, I think the Oculus stuff, though, is interesting because, like, it sounds like they were filming at Galaxy's Edge mm -hmm, for some were. of that. And, like, yeah. <laughs> I mean, of course, you know, there's no people here. We've got movie quality uh, scenery and background that we've established here. Let's, you know, let's shoot it and use that footage for something. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, it makes total sense, particularly because you can get the detail. I mean, the fact of the matter is, is you're not using the space at that moment. You're never going to get that much time with the displays and the sets and the stores and the everything to map it out this way ever. So do However, it now. I will say I'm not going, I'm not going to touch that at all. Because I've actually even I have I still have not watched any on ride footage of Rise of the Resistance. I've seen very little of Smuggler's Run. You know, I've seen 
pictures and other things of Galaxy's Edge, but I do not want to ruin that experience of going there for the first time. I don't want to, I, I want, I want that first experience to be like, you know, Oh, look at that. Oh, look at that. Not like, Oh, and then around this corner is this and Oh, up over here, Brit, that we're going to see blah, blah, blah. So, um, I think it's cool. I think it actually is really cool, especially imagine it's different. Uh, again, Brittany and I, we got our Disney trip, you know, canceled, but if it was Dave and Kate and their three kids and it was going to be Disney and it got canceled, then this is something like, Hey kids, let's, you know, at least try to do something to, you know, you know, to, to recreate replicate or, or replicate it. Right. So I, again, I understand why they do it, but I'm just saying my, me personally, I ain't touching it with a 10 foot pole because I, I, I want to experience all that, you know, firsthand. Yeah. It makes me happy for people who maybe if you somehow have Oculus or you have you know, the app that you need and everything that you can, you can afford to do this because a Disney trip ain't cheap. Um, and, you know, it, it, it's a way to experience this and uh, for people who, who may not have the means to do so otherwise. So I think that's really cool, too. Yeah. So, as, we, as a final thought, did you think back in 1983 as you were leaving The Return of the Jedi, seemingly the last Star Wars movie you were ever going to see, did you think that, you know some 30, 30 some years later that, you know, 35 years later that it was, there was going to be this much star Wars going on that it would take people almost two hours of a podcast to get through all the news and rumors and possibilities. Uh, yes, yes, actually, because like I knew that we were living in a desert <laughs> Um, but I knew that enough people were passionate about it that this thing had to grow. It had to. I, I always had great faith in that. Um, and it, like the only thing that would have kept that from ever happening would have been, you know, the creator just holding it tight to his chest and not letting anyone. Well, if he wouldn't have sold to Disney, this never, none of this would be going on. Yeah. 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 And I think, I think that's the key point. I mean, on the one hand, Growing up with the original trilogy, we got accustomed to, oh, there's the toys and the lunchbox and the T-shirt and the board games and all the stuff that we had as kids. This is on a whole other level, which makes sense. Lucas Films uh, was a small independent studio. For all its you know ability and uh, power and charm, it's a small independent studio. It doesn't have anywhere near the muscle, financially, economically speaking, that the Walt Disney Corporation has, and they're bringing it to bear because they spent billions of dollars into this, so they want to, you know, squeeze as much of it as they can. Now, the good thing is, most of the stuff, by and large, it's it's aimed that somebody is going to like it. I've yet to see anything that I go like, yeah, I don't know if that necessarily would would want that or that's something I'd like, but you know, somebody will find something that they're into, even if the price is a bit higher than you would want it to be. But in answer to your question, back then I was like, oh, darn, Return of the Jedi. I guess this is it. This is over. And just, okay, cool. Yeah. And we moved on. All right. Well, that that's the news and rumor roundup.
Fredo's earned his beer for the night. It's time to <laughs> it's time time for him to take a break. Um, but cool. As always, remember you can find us on Podbean, on Apple Podcasts, on uh, Google Podcasts, on Facebook, on Twitter. Um, so we're always liking to talk Star Wars stuff on on Twitter. So uh, you know, feel free to chime in and engage us. We love it. Um, but until then, we will see you next week with some more fun Star Wars happenings. And we will all say, who dat? Who dat? And uh, have a great week, everybody. Wear your damn mask. Matanki.